Welcome to the Scaling Creative Podcast. We are starting a little series here all about leadership. So we're going to start it today, and I'm really excited about the next couple conversations because leadership is one of those things that, I mean... You can go onto Amazon or walk into Barnes and Noble, and there are so many books about leadership. And I think we all want to know how to be better leaders. And sometimes, and especially nowadays, mm-hmm. it's shifting a little bit potentially. Or sometimes, maybe we even need to get back to the core of what leadership is. So, I'm excited about today's conversation. Leadership is hard. There's no question about it. It is. It doesn't matter if you are leading a single child or you're mm-hmm. leading an organization of hundreds of people mm-hmm. it never it never gets easier it just changes mm-hmm. yeah and it's so important though i mean we're going through some really interesting times obviously yeah. right now and i think this is mm-hmm. it's more and more proof of just how important it is so we want to mm-hmm. do a series all about leadership yep. so basically this episode today and we're doing an episode next week as well just talking all about that leading through a bunch of different cultures and and some mm-hmm. different industries maybe yeah but the culture and the conversation and things that we had around this topic mm-hmm. are just so so good so yeah. if you're a person that doesn't necessarily always listen to an entire podcast i cannot recommend enough you need to listen to this entire one yeah. not because of anything that we're going to say nothing <laughs> coming out of our mouths in this episode but joe san filippo is our guest today mm-hmm. he is a superintendent in mm-hmm. wisconsin and he has been superintendent of the year he's also an author he's a speaker he is the amount of truth bombs and things that come out of this conversation. It, there are several times where so he good. left us all sitting here like, what? Yes, what just it was happened? So, so good. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to bring you this conversation we had with him. He took some time out of his day to just share some thoughts mm-hmm. that he had. And there were just some really good things, regardless whether you're in education or you run a multi-million dollar business. Right. Some of the leadership things you will learn on this episode, mm-hmm. I promise, will leave you as a better leader. So. Yeah, for sure. And even if you are thinking to yourself, well, I'm not really a leader, I, I really would encourage you to number one, change the thought because you are a leader. Um, but really just listen to this because you're going to hear how not only you can use this in your job, but in your role as a parent or as an aunt or an uncle, or really, I think everybody is a leader or can be and should be. Yep. So this episode is for everyone. Yep, mm-hmm. it is. So here's our conversation with Joe Sanfilippo. Thanks for listening. And we hope this is as awesome for you as it was for us. Enjoy. So Joe Sanfilippo, welcome to the Scaling Creative Podcast. We appreciate you taking some time today. How's it going out there in Wisconsin? Well, I, I, you know, I've had better weeks. I'm just going to be honest about that. We, we've decided to move to a virtual uh, learning environment for our kids, so with our elementary kids. So that's been kind of tough. But, um, but other than that, you know, we had a great week. Our, our girls played in the, in the state semifinal uh, volleyball this week, which is the second time in a row that they've made that it's back-to-back years. So that's a really cool opportunity. We had a big win uh, for a football team on Friday. So people were really excited about that. So, I mean, I can't complain about anything, to be really honest. That's awesome. Well, for those who don't know what you do and who you are, can you give a little context as to what you do, what's your profession, and how did you kind of get to where you're at today? So um, my name is Joe Sanfilippo. I'm the superintendent in the Fall Creek School District. Home of the Fall Creek Crickets, people. Home of the Fall Creek Crickets. And we are... uh, I'm in Northwest Wisconsin. This is my, um, oh my gosh, my ninth superintendent year, 10th superintendent, yeah, 10th superintendent year. And um, prior to that, I was a principal and I was a counselor and a fifth grade teacher and a second grade teacher. I've taught, um, I've uh, I coached at the high school level and 
just that's really kind of where we're at right now, to be honest. And then you're also a speaker. You're also mm-hmm. like an author. You're a little bit of everything. Tell us about that side of your life, too. I forgot, yeah, I do that kind of stuff, too, on the side. So, um, yeah, so I, I love to go and talk to people and just like think about things just a little bit differently. And I think it's funny because, um, you know, we shouldn't be able to talk about the stuff that we do as much as we do, but because we're a school district of 845 kids in northwest Wisconsin. I mean, there's what we're one building where there's 1300 people in this village. There's 825 kids in the school. There's no reason that we should be out talking. No reason I should be here with you today. And the only reason is, is that we talk about what we do. And I think if more people did that, I think they'd find themselves in a much better place. So we've tried to put that into some of the speaking things that we do. We've been trying to put that into, um, you know, some books that, that I, that I co-authored. So all of those things said, I think it's really about just making sure that we get the, the right stories out to the right people when it comes to telling the stories of, uh, of what's happening in school. So everybody gets an accurate depiction of what really happens in that space, not what happened to them 25 years ago, right? Like people are so jacked up that 25 years ago, like, they didn't get a second chicken sandwich at lunch, right? And they keep talking about it like it was yesterday. And that's not fair to my people because they're just killing it. Yeah, I've always appreciated, uh, I obviously have gotten a chance to know you over the last couple of years, and I know that you talk about that a lot about, I don't know the exact way you say it better than I do, but about how if you don't tell your story, other people basically will tell it for you. And you, you're very passionate about that, and you do a lot of you know your one-minute walk to works and all your different content pieces that I just think show so much leadership from the side of just what you believe in, which I always appreciated since mm-hmm. I've known you. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really like it's – here, the thing about the, you know, it's really interesting about, you know, telling the story of schools. And I think when we first started it, we were just saying that you tell your story or nobody else will or somebody else will or tell your story or, you know, you need to impact the narrative. And if you don't say something, somebody else is going to say something about it. And I think I've kind of changed my stance on that a little bit. And it's not just about telling the stories. It's about making sure that those stories are in the right place for people to be influenced by those stories, because if I'm out on my football field that I can see from here right now in the middle of the day on this Monday, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs how great my kids are, nobody's going to hear me, and it really doesn't matter, and I'm going to get a sore throat. So how can we figure out ways that we can tell that story in a way that gets some leverage to the work that's actually happening with those people so they feel the momentum building? And so I think that's, you know, I was, I was a huge proponent of just saying like, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. But at the same time, telling your story to an open field where nobody is, isn't helping anybody. It's just, so how are we figuring out ways to leverage the story and how can you leverage that moment for the people who are in a position to tell great stories and to influence the decisions that are made here when they hear those stories. That's really good. So this kind of is a good segue into, because today's conversation is all about leadership. And so we wanted to like bring a couple people on. And so I do want you to know that Scott talks very highly of you as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, But speaking of stories, do you remember the first time that you ever thought to yourself, oh, I'm a leader? Mm. Oh, gosh, geez. Um, Yeah, it was junior in high school. And so when I was a junior in high school, I was running a little kid's uh, basketball camp. I remember it like it was yesterday now that I think about it. And the basketball coach had a tremendous impact on me because he was 
uh, like a father figure. He was a uh, just was always around, was there, always encouraging. His name is Tom Nysis. He's just recently retired. He still coaches basketball now that I think about it. But anyway, so I was running a, a, a skills camp, a basketball skills camp. And we were getting kids excited and they were going through it. They were doing the thing and they got really loud and they got really, they were really doing everything and they were really into it. And I got done and uh, got him off into a different drill. And he came over right after and he said, Joe, that was just really phenomenal. You should really think about leading, leading kids, leading school, you know, like being a teacher, that kind of thing. And then I never really thought about it, but, you know, I knew that I had led, my team and I knew that I was, you know, helping in that regard and did some stuff in high school that would, um, you know, be a leadership title. But I guess I never really thought about it as a career choice until he said this. And the thing that got me, it it wasn't about the kids that he said that you're leading. He's like, you should have seen you in that Mm -hmm. moment. So that was cool for me because he knew it made me happy to be in that spot, which was really neat of him as a leader to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So who are some other like people in your life that have really been leaders that you look up to and maybe even model yourself after now? Well, I think my mom, first of all, because my mom has said, my mom, she's, (laughs) my mom is the biggest cheerleader for, for everybody in her world. And to like ad nauseum, like there are times that I'm, that she's in a in a gym watching my my son play basketball and I have to literally turn around and say like you're going to have to leave if <laughs> if you don't take this down a little bit yeah. like I'm the superintendent of schools here man like they're going to kick me out of my own gym like that's a problem so she's she's really loud and uh and she's really boisterous and and she's really into it and everybody really likes that about her except her son sometimes I think but but the other thing that she says, she always says to me that, you know, she goes, Joey, you're always, always, uh, you're always interviewing for your next job, always. And so I think that was one thing that I always kept in the back of my mind is that you're always here. You, you never know what's next, but every interaction that you have has an impact to influence what happens to you in the future. Yeah. And so I actually, I speak that to everybody that we talk about, to we talk to here in that. All of these interactions matter. Every single one of the interactions that you have in a day matters because you never know which one is going to be the one that they talk about for the rest of their lives. So what are you doing to make sure that in those moments you are present and engaged in every moment to make sure that that moment could be the one that influences them positively moving forward? So I would say Tom, nice as that foot, the basketball coach I was talking about. Same thing. He's one of those guys where like if he called right now in the middle of this interview and said, I need you in Spring Valley, Wisconsin right now, um, I wouldn't even well, I'd shut the interview down. I'd start driving. I'd ask why when I got there. Wow. So, you know, yeah, that's what, what came to mind as you were saying how obviously your mom was such a big cheerleader and sometimes so loud and sometimes <laughs> too much. But I almost, I also wonder how how has that affected you, you know, as a as someone that affected People, okay, so let me try to think of the best way to say this here. You, you need to be a loud cheerleader for the people that you lead as well. And how do you balance sometimes as a leader? I know that one thing I can struggle with as a leader is wanting to be a big cheerleader, but also having some perfectionism inside mm-hmm. my own mind that how do, you, how do you lead people through times where 
it sometimes might feel harder to cheerlead if that makes any sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense because right now is actually the perfect, it's the perfect scenario for that because I just keep, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were going through some of the stuff with COVID and we were having the numbers were kind of, you know, uh, spiking a little bit. And I was just super positive with everybody. I'm like, you know what, we're going to be okay. We've got this, we've got this, we've got this. And a couple of people reached out to me on a Sunday and said, you know, Joe, I understand it. And I, you're the most positive person that I've ever met in my life. But there are times where you just need to say to us, this is really bad and we need to fix it. And and so two things kind of came out of that conversation for me. One, I felt so good that people were willing to bring me that information, that they didn't feel scared to say something. But the second thing is, I just need to be, you know, I can be positive and I'm not going to stop being positive, but I also need to be very real with them and what and what they're thinking. And so that day, um, I, you know, it's it, you're talking about perfection, uh, Scott. It's funny because I just got on a video that I made for them, for the for my for our staff. And I just I literally said when we started, I said, all right, I got I got no script. There's no social media. There's no board. There's no families. This is just you and me. And I got two or three notes written on this paper right here. Let's talk. And I just started talking about how I was feeling. And the response to that has been fantastic in that. I think they, they felt like you can still be positive. Cause I ended by saying, I'm not going to stop being positive. I'm sorry. I still think you do better than anybody that I've seen in terms of dealing with what you're dealing with because other school districts are not having the success that you're having because everybody's fighting. So I'm not going to stop being positive. At the same time, I hope this was real enough for you to understand that I do care about you and I'm very concerned, but we can't stop being positive just because we're concerned. So I think that's really when it comes down to the perfection piece of it, there are things that I do till they're perfect. And those things are, and almost only are, videos for um, for the community, videos that we would put on Facebook that I know they're going to be seen by a ton of people. Um, and then we're going to be judged by it from a school district lens. And emails that I send to the community or letters that I send to the community, um, I try to check those as closely as I possibly can. But when it comes to some of the other stuff that I do, um, just some of the videos and like the one minute walk stuff, they don't have to be perfect. They just have to be done. And I and I and I feel like that's that makes them more authentic uh, in the long run. I was just going to say the word authentic kept coming to my mind as you were talking that I think authenticity in leadership is so crucial because um, I can't remember who said it, Craig Groeschel or something. People don't want to follow somebody who's always perfect. They want to follow somebody who's real. And so I think even you just saying, you know, speaking to your teachers, okay, I've got two notes here. <laughs> let's just talk. Like, let's be real about this. Um, that that shows and is a huge part of leadership. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about that to me is that like I tell our staff all the time that you don't always have to be right with the community if you're always real with the community. And I think all the stuff that I put out there for the community, though, I but that I agonize over it from a perfection standpoint, just to make sure that what I'm saying reflects who we are. I mean, there's obviously a lot of ums and ahs and here's what I'm thinking and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But the message has to be on point. And, um, at the same time, it's, it also has to be authentic. And I think we try to 
we try to build authenticity with, uh, you know, with the volume to be really honest. It's, it's got, I think authenticity for us comes in volume in that we put a lot of stuff out. So when we screw up, it's not a huge, it doesn't end up being like the permanent tattoo that they spelled wrong. It's just something bigger. It's just something that happens and we screwed it up and you, we've built this social capital. And when we build the social capital, now we're allowed to make a minor mistake because we've built up the social capital moving forward. This, the, um, the, when we started the pandemic in March and we, and we started planning the year in, you know, well, April, but we started talking to the community about how the year was going to start in yeah. June, in May. So every week from May until the first week in August, I did a Facebook live session that people could just come on and ask questions. And they asked the same question. All the questions were the same. And I answered them all the same way every single time. But yeah. it gave me two things. It gave me credibility in the answer. And yeah. it gave them an opportunity to ask the question again to see if I had changed my mind. Mm -hmm. And and some of the things we had changed our mind. So we said, well, prior to today, we were thinking about this. After doing the research, now we think that. So yeah. that gave us, I think. Uh, and then so when our plan rolled out at the beginning of August, and we kept saying August 3rd, August 3rd, August 3rd, our plan will come out on August 3rd. August 3rd, August 3rd. And so when August 3rd came and the plan came out, it, the plan wasn't perfect. And we said that out loud, yeah. but they knew how we had devised the plan. It wasn't just Joe sitting in his office thinking that this might be a nice idea. It was, this is how the whole process worked out. And I think they gave us a little bit of, um, they gave us a little credibility when it came to that. They gave us a lot of, a, a ton of latitude in that decision as well. Yeah, I think the honesty thing is so important because yeah. especially during this time, there's so much obviously uncertainty, even though I'm so tired of hearing that word, but there's so yeah. much of it. But at the same time, I think where some leaders are making the mistake is sometimes feeling like they have to have the perfect answer yeah. before they mm -hmm. give one. Right. And it doesn't help the organization because right. you can't you cannot have the answer right now to everything. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's foolish to even try. And I feel yeah. like we've seen even seen that in certain ways that, you know, the whole thing has panned out over where people are predicting things mm -hmm. and changing and this mm -hmm. that you lose credibility because you tried to make the prediction right before you yeah. had it yeah. rather than just being honest about like mm -hmm. we don't really know mm -hmm. so let's just play this week yeah. by week and day by day yeah. this whole thing this is uncharted territory for everybody yep yeah and it's i think people have gotten themselves in trouble with that yeah. for sure the great leaders that have come out of this whole thing I mean, you can tell that they're, they've been transparent through the whole thing yeah. with the people around them. Mm -hmm. Because imagine what it would have been like if you just never took the question and answers from your community yeah. and mm -hmm. just popped out with some answers. It would have been so much worse. But transparency yeah. has really evolved through this whole yeah. pandemic. So a couple of things. Oh, go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say that, you know, it's, it's the other thing about leadership in this time is that, like, it's super easy to lead when you know the answer. Like, that's not yeah. hard. Like any, right, right. anybody can do that, but what, what will end up happening in the next, what has happened and what will happen in the next year is people are going to a lose their jobs or B get extensions or really get a lot of credibility over what has happened over the course of the last six months. And the people that lose their jobs, and I could be one of them, you know, you just never know at this point is that they may have been doing the right thing the whole time. But when nobody knows what you're doing and how you're coming up with the conversation, then they're going to make up. We talk, I talk about it all the time, the idea that in the absence of knowledge, people tend to make up their own. 
And if your <laughs> livelihood is meant by five, seven or nine people that come into your school literally once a month and hear about your school because they're board members and they just are out in the community, then you're in trouble if you don't provide them with the opportunity to know exactly what's happening so they don't have to make up what they think might be happening because they heard it at the bar. Mm hmm. So there's a couple of things I'm hearing, like three things specifically when it comes to leadership. I hear you talking a lot about consistency and the way that you show up, communication, clearly communicating, and then authenticity. Those are like the three main things I keep feeling like I'm pulling from you and your leadership. Would you add anything else to that that like you feel makes you a great leader? Well, yeah, I don't know if I'm a great, I, I have a great group of people that I, that I think, thank you. But I, I just have, uh, I think I'm just really, really loud and I, that's part of it. And, but I think you're right when it comes to like the consistency piece of it. I think one of the things that we've told our team is we want to be the known entity in an unknown world. So mm -hmm. what do we know? So when we're, when we're communicating, we communicate the same way. The videos are always about the same length. They're always posted at the same time. They, you know, they're always in the same spots. They're always, it's like, it's a reliable source. You might not like the answer, but it's a reliable source in terms of what, what, what we're doing. Um, so we try to make sure that that's, that's the case when it comes to consistency and we're authentic and transparent along the way. But I think the other thing is that you, I think you do have to be optimistic, you know, it, like obnoxiously positive on some level just to say i'm seeking out the positive pieces of what's going on here and i'm going to continue to do that and um and if you can do that then you're going to find yourself in a position where you have you have people um that want to you know kind of come along with you i guess yeah i feel like i tried i tend to lead from the middle where we allow people you know the opportunity to lead when they're ready and push them when they, you know, in the direction that they want to go so we can, so they can get out in front of it. The, the last thing that I want, I, I hear leaders talking all the time about how they want to hire great people and get out of the way. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Like I hired you. I hired you. I want to see you do great things, man. Like, let me get behind and push a little bit. Let me help you. What resources do you need? I'm not getting out of the way. Let's just, let's do this together. So, um, so I think that I, I just find myself wanting to provide time, resource, and opportunity for our group to make sure that they can grow. And hopefully that works out for them in the future. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what great leaders do, right? They champion other people. They coach other people. They mentor. They give guidance. And um, I was just listening to a podcast this morning, Brene Brown's new podcast. And um, she had, I think her name is Abby Wambach. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. The soccer player. The soccer player. Yeah. But she said she could always tell the success of a team and a leader based on when they score a goal, what do they do? Because she would tell her, she would have her kids watch her playing soccer just so they remembered how great she was. But um, one of her daughters had said to her, um, Abby, why do you always like, who are you pointing at? Every time you, you score a goal, you point. And she's like, I'm pointing at the person that passed me the ball because that is so important to recognize that, you know? And I thought, oh, that is leadership right there is not somebody who's like, oh, it's all about me, but like, it's about you. So really helping and, and being a part of a team and being a leader is championing other people as well, which I feel like you do. Yeah, we, we live by this mentality here that has been really helpful for us and we call it recognize, acknowledge, extend. 
So the thing that is important for us as leaders, wherever you lead, the first thing is that you put yourself in the right mindset to walk through hallways of this place and recognize the greatness of your colleagues. So if you're in the right mindset, whatever you have to do to put yourself in the right mindset, for me, it's writing two positive notes to start my day because then I can yeah. take those to the people in the building. And yeah. I know that when I walk through the building, I'm going to try to find what I'm going to write about the next day. So that's the first thing. So you recognize. The second thing is that you acknowledge to the person that they're doing great things. Because a lot of times I think we walk through hallways and think, oh, man, that's a really good lesson going on there. But then we keep going and get to our next place, wherever that is. So you acknowledge to the person that they're great at their work. So now you've recognized and acknowledged. So in that moment, you've made two people feel very good. You feel good because you are willing to talk about it. You made the person feel good that's doing the work because you've acknowledged to them that they're doing the work. But when you do the third thing, when you extend the conversation to somebody who wasn't there, it changes how people view each other because what ends up happening is whoever you extended the conversation to is going to walk across the hallway or down the hallway or across the building to acknowledge the person that's doing great work because at some point somebody did it for them and it felt good and they want to do it again. And that's how you build this culture of storytellers, this place where everybody's story has value. People talk about building culture and we got to build culture. We got to build culture. Yeah, I get that. But it's just like telling a story. If you're telling a story in an open field, nobody, nobody cares. Building culture means making sure that people's story has value because if they know that their story that, or their, their, their spot has value, they're willing to talk about it. And then that breeds this whole opportunity for us to really talk about the incredible things that are happening as opposed to in little pockets across the, the building. Because if we're just talking about the little pockets of excellence, two things happen. One, the, the person, people that are doing those are not in those little pockets of excellence, don't feel like their pocket is any good at all. Right. And the second thing is then they feel like, well, everybody, the people who are in pockets of excellence are going to get all the resources anyway. So why even try? Right. Mm -hmm. So we we really want to make sure that everybody's story has value. Everybody's A to B is different, but everybody's A to B has value. And forward is forward. It's a, even if it's a step, it's better than you were yesterday. And if you don't value where they start, there's no chance that they're even going to think about taking a step because then you get into that whole conversation about, well, you know, you weren't here 10 years ago when this happened. Well, of course I wasn't. I don't know. I can't help you there. But, you know, but I can value where you start with me. So let's mm -hmm. value there. Even if it's not where I want you to be, let's start here and move. Yeah. Mm. That's like dropping bombs Might over well, here, man. And, and, <laughs> it's like and the podcast. So, so good. But there was something you said in there about um, like, was it two things that you, you're grateful for? Is that what you said in the... It's the two notes thing that you said you do. Two you, positive you, Two positive thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to put yourself in the right position to... Yeah. You got to put yourself in the right position to see the great things. So I tell our group, Two things. Well, first, so I write two positive notes, take them down to people in the building that are, you know, whatever they're doing, just to kind of let them know I was thinking about. Them. But the one, the mentality that we've taken on with our group is we tell people that you need to start your day and end your day with joy, whatever that is. If that's you know meditation, if that's yoga, if that's a candy, I don't care what it is. Like whatever it is, start your day with joy and end your day with joy. So when we started the pandemic, when we started the pandemic, I want to see if I have it. Hold on, just a second. Oh, yeah, I found it. Okay. So when we started the pandemic, I started like uh, I would start every day on our Facebook page reading stories to um, to kids, right? Read three stories. And then I do this magic trick. 
and, and, and I just make up the, and I like Google bad magic tricks or dad magic tricks or whatever. And they're awful. Right. And so I'd be on the, I'd, I'd, try, I'd read my books and then I would get out of line with the kids. And I'd be like, Oh, kids, I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee. I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee, just having a good time drinking my coffee. What do you need me to make this thing float? Is that what you need, kids? You need me to make this cup float? Because I can with my mind. I'm magic. And I'd be like, oh, what? What in the world? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. He's magic. He's he's totally magic. He's totally magic. <laughs> and then I would have. And then as soon as I got done with the live call, I would have kids Google Google Hangout with me or Zoom meeting with me or FaceTime me. And they're like, you know, you're not magic. You're not, you're not i saw your thumb in that cup you're not magic you're not magic and then i'd argue with these seven-year-olds i'm like yes i am i'm totally magic and they're like no you're not and i'm like yes i am and then they're like no you're not and i say well i guess you know what i guess you're just gonna have to come back tomorrow and find out and then every month then eight o'clock the next morning they find out and it gave parents 20 minutes to just kind of break away so that's start your day with end and joy the thing that start with the last part the end your day with joy people people for they miss the point of this I want people to end their day with joy. Something like, you know, for me, it's sending a positive text before I go into the house because I want to be there for the people that give me the most latitude and love me the most, right? That's what I want to do. But what people forget is end your day with joy. The word end matters because in a virtual environment, people don't end their day. They just keep going and going and going. And all of a sudden it's 1030 and 11 o'clock and they're still going. They've never ended their day. So then they're exhausted the next morning when they wake up. So for me, it's send a positive text or quote or, or, or make a positive call before I get in the house. For when I was uh, when we were here in, in spring, I would make calls to uh, kids who had birthdays on that day when they weren't here and just say, happy birthday. I'm thinking about you. I wish you were here. And it did two things. It gave me joy and them joy, hopefully. But it ended my day. So I could walk across the street because I live across the street from school. I could walk across the street and be there for the people that I love the most. So mm -hmm. yeah. mm. love it. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. Cause one of the questions I was going to ask you was, um, as far as self-leadership goes, because I think that great leaders first lead themselves well. Um, so I was just going to ask you, like, is there a routine or something you do to lead yourself well? But I think you just told us <laughs> what yeah, that was. I would love to tell you that like, I, it's funny because the things that I want to do or no, I shouldn't say it like that. The things that I probably should do to lead myself more, I don't like, I should write more. I hate writing. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And so I don't do it. It's like, it's like, I'll never be a great golfer because every time I stand over a putt from 10 feet away, I realize I'm going to miss it. And I refuse to practice putting. I would rather go out on the range and just like, like hit bombs with a driver. Like that's what I'll never get any better because I'm not gonna, not practicing. So I don't write, so I don't get any better at it. So that's that's a failure on my part. But I do I do try to just make sure that we get the content out so it influences people that it gives the opportunity. Those one minute walk to work videos that I do that are literally like a one minute leadership challenge from my house to school started because I just had a couple thoughts on the way to school. That was it, and then people liked them. So then we just started doing more of them and. It, and a lot of them, almost all of that, I think there's like 60 of them right now, but almost all of them are things that I've screwed up before. And so I think I'm just here to try to help people in those moments, you know, not have to have four months of hardship because you forgot to do something in September that you should have done, but you just, you know, you didn't. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that holds people back, doesn't it? I read a book called Finish by John... I think it's like a cuff or a coof. I can't remember exactly how you say his last name, but he pretty much said the thing that holds people back from finishing is perfection and that you have to have this like beautiful tolerance for imperfection because then you'll finish more of what, of what you start, uh, which I think is so true. So I, that's what I'm hearing in what you're saying, not being afraid to fail, make, make mistakes, learn from them. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. You're not going to walk through this life perfectly. Right. And that's where with us, it was, you know, the, that, that the beauty and volume is really what comes with the school district yeah. stuff. So if the yeah. only time that you ever talk to your district is when you need something and you screw it up, like you're done. But if you continue to talk and, and just engage them and, and social media is a great place for that. But again, people forget that, that the first word in social media matters, like social matters. Like you have to create relationships with these people online so when you screw something up they don't jump on the on your page and start talking about how awful the place is yeah. you know yeah. if you develop relationships we run contests and uh our page and we respond to questions and it's not mm -hmm. just a bulletin board of pictures it's a real relationship yeah i think that's been very helpful for us yeah for sure so many people post and ghost <laughs> like yeah. post and then you know comment to to people i think it's because people struggle with not wanting to always hear the feedback mm. yeah like, people are too concerned about what everyone thinks which right is the biggest reason people don't post in the first place right right, right. they don't want to post something that could be valuable to somebody mm -hmm. because they're afraid of the negative things mm -hmm. that come from it mm -hmm. which is 100 percent totally agree yeah. and that's been that's been really tough for school districts and i think it I think we've, I don't want to say we've trained our community because I think they've trained us too. We just have this, uh, this different relationship with them where it doesn't turn into, um, you know, like, you know, and that's not what you said. That's not what you said, or that's not what you did. No, there are people in our community that decide that they want to troll our district in other places, but I, I'm not going there to find them. That's not my job. I'm not, I'm not going on 10 different websites just to see where people are trolling. We'll take care of ours. We know that this is a safe place for us to do this work. Um, okay. So if you could sit down with yourself, Joe, at like the beginning of your journey of leadership um, or your career, what would you say to, you, to yourself just to help you avoid like some unnecessary growing pains? What would you say to younger Joe? It's not about you, man. <laughs> it's never about you. Guess what? You're going to move on and they're going to find somebody else. And if you, if you don't figure out a way to make it better for the people, once you leave, then you've done nothing. If this place fails, the minute that I leave, I have completely failed this school district completely. And there, I think I, at first, when I first started, I wanted people to know that I was, that I was going to be good at the job. And I think the part of it was I was, a, you know, as a principal, I was a 28 year old principal who only had three people on staff that were um, that were that were younger than I was. So mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to establish myself as, you know, the leader of all these people that, you know, some that I could have actually had as teachers. And yeah. so that made it that was me, you know, just like being a just being a little bit arrogant, honestly, in terms of no, this is the way that we're going to, you know, because I said so is not a leadership strategy. And I think a lot of times people employ it as such because of the position that they hold. So we, you know, I, it doesn't even work with my kids. 
So I don't understand why I would have worked with a group of people, but yeah. I don't know. It, so that'd be the first thing that I would say to younger Joe. The second thing I would say is to take a step back because there, there are a lot of times that I feel, and I still feel that I'm looking to the next thing, not the next position or anything, but like what, okay, that was really fun. Let's celebrate it for 30 seconds. What's next to make sure that I can get in front of it for our people. So just take a step back and realize that the work that these people are doing is exceptional. And you have to be able to actually take some of that in if you're going to find some joy in what that looks like. Mm. So, so good. That is good. I feel like he's hitting a lot on the difference between management and leadership, especially in his first point, because yeah, when you, if you say you, you left and, and everybody failed the minute you left, that, yeah. that would be more like a management and you do as I say type of mentality. But I think the leadership mentality mm -hmm. is training people how to think a certain way yeah. and kind of it, like letting that positiveness trickle down into everyone. So when you do leave, if you were to ever leave, they would still have that mindset kind of ingrained in their brain. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the difference there yeah. that I'm seeing. I think, I think one of the things that I try to tell leaders when I talk to them is that you need to have both. Like you need to be able to lead and be yeah. out there and, and try to inspire people to do their best work, but people still want to get paid. And if you don't fill out the forms to make sure that they get paid, you're going to lose credibility as a leader. So yeah, there are some management tasks that need to be done within the context of your work. You can still lead and manage and you don't have to be one or the other, but you do have to be both. Um, and that's been, that was, I think that was a little hard for me too. And I think, you know, when we were talking about those positive notes, the other thing that I had to do was figure out a better routine to start my day because, uh, because I wasn't willing to see the great things there. So I would get to my office I'd get into my office, I'd turn my computer on, I'd get my seltzer water, I'd check my email, I'd sign some forms, I'd get into school, and then I would uh, you know, see kids and get into classrooms. By the time that I got into school and, and saw classrooms, I was already in the wrong mindset because the only thing that brought me joy in that first group of things was my seltzer water. So as soon as I turned my computer on and as soon as I started answering, I don't know if you know this, but there aren't a ton of people that are emailing the superintendent of schools at six o'clock in the morning with great things to say about the school district. So clear, <laughs> if you're if that's what you're seeing to start, then you have right. more stuff on your list before you get to any of the stuff that you want to do. And when you get yep. to the stuff that you want to do, you're already in the wrong mindset to do so. Mm -hmm. So you just got to change it. So now I don't even check my email till like 10. And you can do that in your district. You can do that if people see you. If they don't see you until 10, they're like, well, what's going on, right? Like, well, what's he doing until 10 o'clock? I could have slept in too. And I think yeah. the thing that people need to understand about these positions, leadership positions, is when people don't know what you do, they make up what you do. That's the first thing. But the second thing that ends up happening is when they don't know what you do, you become a number, not a leader. And then people start doing this. Well, you know what? For all that money. Yeah. For all that money that we pay this guy, we could get two more teachers in this classroom. We could get five more aides in this classroom. We could get Chromebooks for everybody or iPads for everybody. I don't know what they do. You don't become a leader anymore. You become a number, and that number comes with a target. So good. Well, Joe, that yeah, we can't end any better than that. We really appreciate mm -hmm. your time. Some really, really, really good things. Yeah. Looking forward to hopefully hopping on the road again sometime and seeing you soon. Yeah. But 
best of luck in this obviously extremely unique school year for sure but mm -hmm. love what you're doing out there i love how loud you uh you yell about those crickets and i still have my shirt i still wear it every once in a while talk about that's right well then it's the only time that you look really great scott i'm just gonna tell you right there you look there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of schools in the country that can tell you that when you walk outside tonight we've sent our mascot for you so when you go out there tonight and you hear those crickets we sent them deal with that and now try to go through the next two weeks without making sure that you think about us that's awesome thanks so much joe for for being on we appreciate it yeah thanks I joe. appreciate it go crickets let's have a little bit of reflection time here because i felt like that was one like bomb one mic drop after so one mic drop after the other so, so did you have like one major favorite takeaway i really liked the um the recognize, acknowledge, yeah. extend. I really liked the extend side of it. Okay. Oh, that was Just cool. Just because of that idea of it not, like, getting it out of yeah. that one little conversation that happened. Yeah. Because I think that that is something that, I think it's sometimes, you can sometimes do the other two mm -hmm. instinctively. Yes. But that, like, making it a point to do that and not just hoping that mm -hmm. it will extend. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think it also, I forget exactly what you said, it was just too good, but how someone else then hears that it mm -hmm. paints a totally different picture of the person yeah yeah that they might have never seen especially mm -hmm. I, I think about the most of like when you don't like necessarily someone in your workplace or whatever and i wasn't mm -hmm. i wasn't pointing at you <laughs> thank you but but you're not like in, in a larger yeah. workspace especially right. there, there's naturally people that aren't as good as friends of others mm -hmm. but how different it can change the whole vibe when yes. you hear something about a person that you don't necessarily know yeah. about and yeah it, it can change everything yes that was like the culture piece yeah that was so natural like he's like you know everyone talks about culture culture cult. mm -hmm. but that is really what i think we need to start focusing on what actually builds like the activities that actually build the culture and yeah, yeah but i loved that one too what were you gonna say i, I put oh you off. um it's easy to be pessimistic in yeah that type of situation yeah and i think it's easier than being optimistic it might come more naturally for him but for me Mm -hmm. That's actually really good. Like I'm actually gonna implement that. I know because how? get yourself out of your head and go tell somebody else. Yeah, it you have to think about it. Yeah, but then that person's like, oh well, he just told me something, and they're not even in the room. Yeah, and now yeah. I know about that person's success. And yeah, I think that's a great. And as soon as you tell someone something, it makes them feel like they kind of have to do it back, <laughs> and then in turn it develops this culture of nonstop looking. Yeah. For opportunities, because you're almost forced to, like, you feel forced yes. to do it without it being like, yeah. Oh, that, it's interesting. How can you apply this in your life? Yeah, exactly. It should should apply a lot, right? Yeah, but like, let's think of I don't know some examples of how can you even do this in your home or I think with it's your children or. Like not saying anything bad behind somebody's back. It's so mm. easy to go home and complain. Mm. If you go home and build just mm -hmm. on the positives, that's an example of extending your, yeah, your, like what you saw in somebody else's success yeah. throughout the day. I yeah. think it can be simple. I don't think it has mm -hmm. to be, I mean, he's got clear examples in his classroom yeah. of, you know, things that teachers are doing that mm -hmm. he's seeing, but I think it's like every day. I think it can be pretty mm. simple. Yeah, I think with the family, it's a it's a big piece. I mean, I I it's it's really hard, and I think so much of what he went, which is all tied in so well, is like ending your day in joy and going yes. back to your family. You can't do any of this kind of stuff if you're not in a good place when yep. you get to your family in the first place. Yep. And that mm -hmm. idea was so interesting about like not ending, not ever ending your yeah. day because you're kind of we're, we're naturally living in a connected yes. world, and I love it. So I'm not one of those people that's complaining about technology. Yeah. But it is 
it's it's not fair at all to anyone you have a relationship outside mm-hmm. of this place with like or mm-hmm. your workplace or whatever because you're giving them a barely the scraps like, yeah the leftovers. You're giving them what's left over yeah and yet that's hard like it's hard to mm-hmm. sometimes there are some people naturally you're one of them joe's one of them that <laughs> is naturally very positive mm. that is not naturally me mm-hmm. and so it, you have to intentionally <laughs> yeah. you have to intentionally try to change what's not actually natural mm-hmm. but even just making that a part of like having to do it yeah hopefully would <laughs> yeah would force you to kind of be like yeah looking for the the better things rather than yeah because, I recognize the weaknesses very easily, mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing. Yeah. So it's but it's also a skill. Like I mean, just because you recognize weakness, I mean, it's just it's just a habit mm-hmm. that you're you in. Train yourself. Yeah, you can totally retrain yourself to think about, you know, constantly think about the positive things. But one of your strengths, though, is seeing a weakness and going in and lifting it up to a strength. But. But going at it can sometimes be going at it, yeah, 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 in the way that you do. But yeah, to me, the other thing you said that I that I definitely agree with is just the authenticity of stuff. Because I realized even as someone that puts content out, what I've always said from day one, Mm -hmm. even like with my YouTube channels, like I will always, I never tell you how to do something. I just tell you how I'm doing it, Mm -hmm. and because of that, you can never be wrong. And that's kind of how I look at like the idea of what you know. He does it from a school, but a company Mm -hmm. does it for content or whatever it is. Yeah. Just putting out lots of messages. Like he said, a volume and authenticity. Mm -hmm. You just build this credibility of you're not trying to make it seem like you know everything. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like people, when they only hear one message a year, naturally, it has to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, true. there's the rare times I'm hearing someone talk. It's like the person that never talks in a conversation. (laughs) When they randomly talk, you're like, oh, here, yeah, this is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Versus you can't, you know, you might mess up and say things are wrong mm-hmm. all the time if you talk all the time. But mm-hmm. it, it's, that was a, a, a thing I think is just super important for companies to authenticity. I yes. love how he said the transparency that they have as a school uh, does not allow room for assumptions from the community. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're transparent and open. And even if they don't agree with them, yep. at least they're seeing it every day and yep. they're getting updated mm-hmm. real time. And, mm-hmm. They, they can all be on the same page that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've always heard that, him say that all the time. The, the without, without knowledge, the absence of knowledge. How oh, the heck did he say that? Oh, so good. Let's get him back on. Just, <laughs> but no, that's just something he's always preached. Mm-hmm. I always loved about him because, yeah, people will make up the story. Yeah. In yeah. Any, any industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting my car, a car worked on right now. And if they send up, you know, a huge price quote and I know nothing about it whatsoever, mm-hmm. I'm going to make up that it's too expensive versus mm-hmm. if there's tons of transparency in the email yep. they sent about what needs to be replaced, yep. why it needs to be repaired, all the aspects, it's creating this, okay, I get it. Yeah. It can happen in the video industry. Yep. Yeah. Why is that so expensive? Why is it so expensive to do this? Why you have to, you can't expect people to know. Right. So you right. have to educate people mm-hmm. to even understand the value they're getting from something. Yes. Yeah. You're the expert. Yeah. And a lot of people like are not in the thing that you're good at. So you have to, education is such a a huge piece, but yeah, he was phenomenal. And I think you can utilize so many of the things that he said in every area of your life or any profession that you're in or personal life. So absolutely. We would love to keep this conversation going with you guys. So what were some of your biggest takeaways, whether you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and comment below, or maybe screenshot it, share it on Instagram, post on your stories. Tell us what your biggest takeaway was. We would love to hear. Yes. 
And thanks as always mm-hmm. for listening, watching Scaling Creative Podcast. Talk to you guys soon.